What's up, and welcome to the Crude Oil Podcast, a weekly uncensored Edmonton Oilers podcast with your hosts, Sean and Greg. It is the Mark Messier episode of the Crude Oil Podcast. How do you like that, Sean? It's taking me way too long to understand <laughs> the fact that that's what you meant by Mark Messier. And for anybody else who's stupid like me, it's the number 11. It is the the end of a, a long weekend. Uh, I, everyone's running a little bit slower today. It, yeah, I'm running very well. slow. <laughs> oh, man. Lots of hockey news to get to here today. Um, we'll get into a lot of the rumors and, and stuff that uh, uh, kind of circulating. Um, but first, just like... To remind you guys to uh, like, subscribe, follow us, share the podcast however you can. Um, we we were talking about it. L- let's get to the housekeeping stuff. We we're we we're discussing here um, what our our progression of progression of this thing should be. Let's try that. Um, and I think when uh, we finally get the news through after uh, the free agency. Uh, unless anything dire happens in probably the month afterwards, uh, might take a bit of a, a hiatus just to, you know, cleanse the, the brain and, and allow some creativity to flow because we're going to be so busy coming up this next year. So, Well, if we're, unless people want to just hear us ramble on about Pugliarvi for the rest of the year or the Evander Kane saga or etc. news, there's we're gonna run out of things to talk about there's a little bit of news right now with free agency and the trade uh or sorry the draft coming up right away but soon there's going to be very little news yeah i know last last week i was talking about the dog days of summer and then i realized oh shit we're not even there yet like it's gonna get slower but uh i digress uh just wanted to go through uh today and go through some of the things that are floating around the league and uh let's start at the back end of things um, I guess way back, depending how far you go, but uh, there, there's interest that popped up earlier this week from Kevin Weeks. Um, I didn't even see where he reported this from. It could have been, you know, the arcade. It could have been in the middle of a flight. Why but does he take videos of himself in the weirdest places breaking news? I have no idea, but I, I love how he's the guy now. He also doesn't know how to hold the camera properly. <laughs> Where his head's in like the bottom left corner of every video he takes. It's very weird. <laughs> very true. Very true. Um, so he had a post come out on Twitter on the 29th just saying to keep an eye out. Hearing that Oilers development coach, goalie development coach, Sylvain Rodrigue is getting attention across the league. Uh, a couple teams he tossed out were the Maple Leafs, the Red Wings, and the Kraken. And these are just places that have the, the goaltending vacancies. But my first question to you, Sean, is why the fuck is this guy being let go? Um, why do we still have a guy, you know, maybe at the big leagues who could use a little bit of fresh air? I mean, I think everybody would agree that um, it's time for change in the goalie coach position. Not that I don't know whether or not it's his fault that our goalies have struggled over the years or not. I'm not going to lay blame, but they need That's to do fair. something to change it because... I'm tired of goalies outside of like the one season of Cam Talbot coming in here, playing poorly, going elsewhere, and having success. Yeah, it's. I think it's just frustrating. I, I, I went back and watched the watched. Well, I don't know what I watched, but I listened to our last podcast, and uh, I know I, I shit a little bit on Dustin Schwartz. 
Um, it's not hard to do. Yeah. I don't know if, to your point, I don't know if it's necessarily fair. It's just I'm getting frustrated with all the issues we're having in the back end. Um, and, and with no, like, big, you know, prospect change on the way. Like, Skinner seems there, maybe not quite ready. Um, but whatever they're building in Baco seems to be uh, up and coming, which is kind of why I'm like, well, if it's working down there, why can't we make it work up here? Well, I'd be interested to see that, like, because he's pumped out some pretty... Like, assuming this guy has been working with a lot of our rookie goaltenders, I don't know the ins and out of exactly what he does on a day-to-day basis. Um, but he worked with Brassois, he worked with Skinner, let's just say he worked with Roderick, his son, right? Is that yeah. what you said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a little bit more uh, Oilers nepotism for us right there. <laughs> Um, but with that being said, like they've all at least appear to be on track to have either made an impact in the NHL, whether it's in a backup role or are on pace to do so as well. Mm-hmm. So maybe he could fill in that role, but I don't know if Edmonton's looking to necessarily replace Schwartz anytime soon. Because for as much as we like to talk about it, about like why is he still there, the team itself doesn't even mention his name. You barely even hear it in the media besides somebody randomly like us bring it bring it up for five minutes and then it fades into obscurity again. Yeah. It's uh it's one of those things I'm not really expecting to change, but it was just it was interesting and I laughed too, like, of course he's Olivier's dad. Just of course. But I mean if he's generating interest and we've seen kind of Olivier take that next step, we we're seeing it with Stuart Skinner. Um it's hard not to to look at that uh, success and, and think there might be something, but um, it's probably the smallest story that broke over this uh, this past week. But just sticking in the net minding uh, position, some more rumors floating with Ellie uh, Friedman. He was talking about how he he feels that there's. I think this was more of a gut feeling, but he felt like there was a connection between Jack Campbell and the Edmonton Oilers. What would be your thoughts if he came over? Like, what do you even look at at a contract when he comes over? If his contract would probably, I would think anyway, it looks similar to Koskinen's last contract. So it would, I would think three to five year range between four and a half to five and a half million. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't be interested in signing him for anything more than that. With that being said, I'm not overly interested in Jack Campbell. For the reason being that he wasn't able to really get Toronto over the hump, for example. And Toronto plays a very similar style as we do. So he's not exactly going to have ace defensemen in front of him playing like <laughs> a great defensive system. Not that next season's going to be different. It could be, mind you. But hist- history says that this team doesn't play the best defense. So you need to be able to stand on your head. And mm-hmm. I don't know if Campbell's capable of doing that in the long term. Well, it's interesting you bring up the uh, contract terms because the contract that I saw floated today, which was, um, I'll pose the question straight to you. If the Oilers land Jack Campbell at a three-year, $5 million per cap hit, do you sign him? I would say yes. Yeah. Just because three years makes it a lot more enticing to me. Because that would give three years of him as the starter, Skinner as the backup to hopefully mature Skinner into being that starter. Mm. Um, versus a lot of these goalies who are going to be looking for like six plus year contracts. And then Campbell might be too. He's 
worked his ass off to get to where he is. And I think at this point he deserves a big, long contract. I just don't know if I want Edmonton to be giving him that. But it's hard to pass up a free asset if he's interested in coming here. Well, it's, it's... I don't even know. Like, three years is a long time. Like, what did cost Was Koskinen's four? It was three, I think. It Was it three? Like, that felt like an eternity. Well, that's because it was a bad contract the day it was signed. Right. When it's a bad contract, you can't stop talking about it. And we didn't stop talking about it for three years. Hell, we're even still talking about it now that it's over. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, three years would be a little too much for my liking. But again, why would Jack Campbell come to Edmonton? I just, I don't see the fit. Uh, I don't know if it makes sense for Edmonton, but I mean, I'm not Ken Holland. I'm not the guy that, you know, hands the checkbook over. So, well, the thing with these rumors is that like Edmonton's going to be linked to every goalie and their mother for the oh, rest exactly. of the offseason until they make a move. So, until I see one of these that's more serious, like the NHL Network was the ones who tweeted about this here, and it's just like, will Edmonton scoop him up? And it's like, I don't know, like. Is there anyone who actually thinks that? Because I think even Friedman had mentioned that he could see the fit, which I think anybody can see the fit with Edmonton and a goaltender who could be a starter. Yeah. Well, and the common uh, name that's also being thrown out is Vili Husso, but he's being thrown across the entire league. Like another one of those goalies that is going to get paid this summer. For well, how many games? Billy Huso doesn't deserve a long-term contract, in my opinion. I think he's played like 75 games or something like that. And yes, 57. Well, there you go. Um, I just had the numbers reversed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's played not very many games, and I don't think he deserves it. It would be similar, in my opinion, to signing like Miko Koskin into a big contract after his one season. Yeah. And he's been, uh, yeah, I just, that's the one that I really scratch my head at. I think of all of the goalies that keep getting uh, brought up. Um, maybe it's just a little bit of uh, bias being scared of jumping from one big fin to another. I don't know, but <laughs> it's, uh, that's just, that's my goalie scares. We'll, we'll see what winds up happening. There's lots to, um, to shake out. But yeah, just that Jack Campbell rumor was something that kind of, I don't know. I don't think that that's going to work out, but hey, I might be eating crow here in two weeks. Um, just jumping into our, our next topic that we saw, let's spend some time on this because there seems to be eight different sides to this fucking story coming out with Yesapulia Yarvi. Uh, you've got his side of the story, you've got the translation being told, you've got the rumors that are going on, you're getting Mark Spector saying that they both want out and they both want to leave and... You can um, ignore anything Spectre or Matheson say on any of these issues. I th- I'm wholeheartedly under the impression that they are like f- driving him out of the city at this point. Honestly, they're I, the I, only ones tweeting about how much like Pugliarvi doesn't want to be here and how much Edmonton doesn't want him here. But I, I feel like if you ask anybody else, we want to keep him. It's just like the expectations on him are still going to be high regardless. I have kind of an issue with our media, maybe kind of as a is pretty lenient but like i'm with you i feel like everyone's like oh the fans are driving out like all these players yeah we've got a pretty tough fan base we've got a lot of critics like we're just a bunch of joe blows trying to write together um put together a podcast but we're not the people who people listen to right now right um you've got reporters like professional journalists coming out and literally just shitting all over players yeah, I get they're trying to sell stories, they're trying to get clicks, they're trying to, you know, 
build some sort of you know plot or arc towards the Oilers season every single year. But there's just so much shit that comes out, and I feel like half the time when there's credit due, it's like, oh yeah, but it's Connor McDavid. You know um, what I mean? Like I just saw a post the other day that I was reading about that showed that like Puljujarvi has the best like goals for percentage and expected goals for percentage out of any other player not playing with McDavid, like when playing away from McDavid, like exponentially better than everybody in each category. I, that's the thing is like Puljujarvi. That's why I don't want to give up on him is because his advanced stats are unreal and they've been proven in a bunch of different categories. But I swear to God, if the Oilers put a uh, like a statistics or a, a data analysis team together for uh, any kind of advanced stats, like guys like Mark Spector and Jim Matheson would shit a brick. It just... <sighs> well, I really have to wonder about the whole Woodcroft contract saga that was going on that Woodcroft wasn't trying to push for more analytics in in this department. And like, I'm not saying analytics are the be end or be all end all. Because mm-hmm. if you look at Toronto, they have the biggest and most expensive analytics department, and you can see how far that's got them. <laughs> but you can you can't make decisions based off of analytics, but they can support your positions for different arguments. That's and what I mean. They yeah. need to be able to like look at that. Like, yes, Pugliarvi has struggled to score. He looks a little lost out there sometimes. Nobody's going to argue that. But you also can't argue the impact that he has on the team when he's like playing well. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing before I, uh, uh, jump onto our next topic, you brought up the, the coaching, uh, it sounds like there's a, a bit of a delay in, uh, the assistant coaching contracts for Dave Manson and Gullitson. Uh, Brian Wiseman's looking like he's leaving. That's per Daniel Nugent Bowman. Um, Daniel Nugent Hopkins as Ken Holland calls him. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, you got to wonder if those guys are also, you know, trying to pull for that, it, it, the staff is going to be the way that Jay Woodcroft wants it. And I think we're going to see a changing of the tide. Um, that... well, I, th- I think the staff is pulling, like, I'm purely speculating. Yeah. But I think they're pulling for a lot more autonomy than maybe Ken Holland or Bob Nicholson, for example, are um, willing to give them. Well, just because they want to have more of a say on the team and the on-ice product, but that's why you hire the coach. Exactly. And you look at the success that Woodcroft's team had down in Bakersfield. You can't tell me that you had somebody you know, pulling his strings on who's playing every single night. And if that's the basis for him getting the contract mixed within uh, the success that they found towards the end of the year with him at uh, the NHL level, like... He's he got to X place down in Bakersfield by himself, and, and by himself I mean his team, his his coaching staff, like by his his strategy. Um, well, it's just on his own merit. That that too, yeah. So with that we'll being see. said, I'm just hoping that it all works out because I'd hate to see us lose Manson or Goldson, for example, because. Hopefully they're not arguing over a small dollar amount because I know the Oilers can throw money away like candy. So <laughs> that's a that's a good comparison. Well, you think back to like, and I know it's a player instead of a coach, but you think back to the Ryan Smith thing, mm-hmm. where we traded him over what for like five hundred thousand dollars. It's like he's the heart and face of the team, and you trade him away because you're like, eh, we don't want to pay him that. Like, just fucking pay him that. 
Yeah. Was that that was before the salary cap era too, wasn't it? I think it was right at the cusp. Right at the cusp near the beginning, because it started in oh five oh six. So, and that was what two thousand eight two thousand nine when he got traded. So, but I don't like he was our best player, and we didn't sign him because we fought over five hundred grand. You pay your best players, and you fight for money on the on the fourth liners. Yeah. Um, Speaking of (laughs) cap space and, and issues. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers have extended the deadline for Mike Smith. You and read Duncan that like Keith. they just signed somebody to a contract. Just oh, like, yeah. The Edmonton Oilers have extended. I just thought it was kind of a... <laughs> the retirement deadline. Yeah. I just... I don't like the fact... I Let me get my thoughts together that's in a cohesive <laughs> group here. I don't like that they extended their their contract expectations for next year past the NHL draft because if they've got room to move like wouldn't you like to know whether or not you have what eight million dollars tied up in your salary cap next year I think or of room sorry I think yes that would be nice and that was their intention to begin with I think they wanted to have that decision by July 1st so they could decide are we going to need to like trade away contracts are we going to need to buy out somebody like Cassian and now they're pushing that further. But at the same time, I'd rather them not rush and make a very like rushed and pressured decision that makes the team worse in the long run. Well, and the other, the other possibility is that Smith returns, but on LTIR. And I put returns in quotation marks because it's another way to bury his contract, essentially. Well, I could see it more so just because, like, why... in when you think about why would Smith retire when he's promised two plus million dollars? Like I wouldn't, yeah, I'd like suck it up for one more year for an extra 2 million. Yeah. God, I'd live in a box for $2 million. <laughs> I was just thinking of all the different things that I would do for, uh, for that money. But I, I digress. The other thing that I just wanted to chat about was just the, uh, the recap stuff with, um, Duncan Keith, obviously, I don't expect him to uh, um, to retire, so it's it's much less of a a solid point. But um, there seems to be still some inconsistency across the league when you consider the uh, Ryan McDonough trade in uh, Tampa, moving him to Nashville, and apparently there's still the eligibility that if he retires, like that Tampa's able able to. Uh, to claim that recap like i oh i think that is if they buy out um philip myers they get like a cap credit next season is that what you're referring yeah to? yeah 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 so they traded mcdonough away so that was just capped up but they also got philip myers and if they buy him out they get a 600 grand cap credit next season and the season after they get like a 600 grand like actual cap hit so uh, i think the difference with that situation and the duncan keith situation is Keith's contract is one of those backdiving ones that was grandfathered in. And mm. I think they're trying to avoid those penalties or those rather those credits with those contracts versus the ones that have been signed more recently that are more up to date with the current CBA. Uh, well, so and from my understanding too, the way that teams are getting around the Duncan Keith style contracts is just signing players to, you know, longer contracts with the expectation that they're going to buy them out but 
Well, if you're a player and you're smart, you wouldn't sign those contracts because that's bad for you. Because <laughs> regardless of whether or not like you're like, okay, yeah, sure, you can buy me out later, that looks bad on your resume. Oh, definitely. Like It's not like they're NHL coaches where you can get fired and then get a job the next day. So, I mean, unless they cash in and then someone signs them and they're, you know, collecting on two different contracts. I don't know. Well, that's the dream right there. But <laughs> there was also, like, I think it may have just been Jason Greger when I was listening to 1260, but he had a lot of uh, things to say about trading Keith to, like, an Arizona. Arizona buys him out and then Edmonton signs him for league minimum. Which, like, I would like, but I'm still, like, I understand there's precedent set that they'll allow that, but I also wouldn't put it past the NHL to be like, yeah, no, that's not happening. So is the rule not that they have to wait one year before they can sign him, though? I don't believe so, because if you look, the most recent example, I believe, was the Michael Stone one in Calgary, where Calgary literally bought him out themselves and immediately signed him to a new contract. I feel like I just read about why that worked and why this one doesn't. Well, the the Arizona one, that situation, I think, makes sense to me because you're not the team buying them out. It's similar to how Washington traded Brooks or Pick away. But I think it's the... Sorry, that's the one I was thinking of. Sorry, not the... It's the thought in the trade because in that trade, for example, they traded uh, Grubauer along with Orpik. And Grubauer was the centerpiece of that trade. Mm -hmm. And then they bought out Orpik and then he got signed by... Um, Washington or whatever. So yeah. I think that was the difference. It'd be like if maybe Edmonton traded Keith away with like Samarukov or something like that, with Samarukov being like the main piece of the trade. But if you look, the NHL's perception of that trade would probably be more so that it was the buyout versus the um, prospect that's getting traded along with Keith. Hmm. But yeah. I don't know the official rule on I know. how that works. I was just reading through the tweet, and like it seems like everything is split on this is allowed or this is cap circumvention, not allowed. Like, Well, I think it's the classic, like, it follows the letter of the law, but not the spirit of the law. I know I've said <laughs> that before. But well, like, it, like, to me, it's clear-cut clear cap circumvention. Mm-hmm. But if there's nothing in the rule book against it, then why not? Obviously, like these guys have got to start getting creative, especially with the expectation of the, you know, how many years ago they expected the salary cap to reach X amount of um, dollars and it hasn't come anywhere close. So, well, I'm still frustrated that they didn't give teams compliance buyouts after COVID. I thought they would give each team one, similar to after the lockout, I think it was, where they gave, I think they gave each team multiple, like, compliance buyouts where Mm -hmm. for anybody who doesn't know that's just a free buyout you can buy out a player and it has no impact on your cap whatsoever i was surprised at that too like there was zero effort on kind of the owner's side to well maybe maybe it's not even the owner's side whoever the fuck controls it but like it there was no relief for these teams so people are are stuck trying to find ways around these contracts that they signed to years ago with expectation that things will change like well i think part of it is the players have to agree to like releasing these compliance buyouts and a buyout isn't necessarily good for the players so maybe they didn't agree to it and didn't want there to be those because the players who are getting bought out they get fucked over but at the same time if you buy out another player and you have that cap available like uh, a dry saddle for example when his contract is up suddenly (laughs) there's more money free for to pay him where he's he's like yeah sure I love this, no shit that's honestly Loki the one like contract I'm worried the most for because he's going to be making double what he 
has been paid the last how many years? You think he's going to be getting paid $17 million a year? Well, I don't know. <laughs> we got a pretty good 7.5% inflation rate to look at. And that's true. I've been playing whatever, but well, yeah, I think, he I think probably, that's egregious. Yeah, we'll talk about that later, but I would see maybe <laughs> somewhere between the 10 to 12 range because he's not getting paid more than McDavid regardless of what he wants. Yeah, I, yeah like you mentioned, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll get into that in due time. Um, one shocking thing that I was very surprised to see uh, was Vander Kane hanging out at the West Edmonton Mall on freaking Canada Day. Like, I was shocked he's still here. Uh, just back to our previous point, Ken Holland had to jump on a flight to go to Kelowna. I'm sure he didn't have to, but to go meet with Mike Smith. Like, this guy who doesn't have any ties to Edmonton, no offense, but like when you make millions of dollars, you can probably go stay wherever the hell you want. Um, well, do you think part of it has to do with the fact that he has a newborn child? That's a good point. That maybe they that's... aren't doing much traveling this summer? Maybe. Yeah. You know what? I have some friends with newborns, and I know that they're not doing a whole <laughs> lot of traveling right now. So outside yeah, guess, of a couple-hour drive here and there. I guess he's not chilling on beaches and stuff and yeah, tough to take a I don't see no baby. money phones in that photo, so... I mean, it was still it's still a nice look. And that was a great look, especially for a guy like him who has kind of a bad uh, look off the ice sometimes. Well, no it's shit. nice like, to see him giving back a little bit to the community. Exactly. That was going to be my point. But uh, just he could still be at home and be doing nothing here, but the fact that he's putting in time into the uh, um, the hockey community in Edmonton. And, and, like, it's not even limited to just hockey. I've, like, probably seen and probably a little bit is, you know, just – I don't want to say PR because I truly believe like he's doing his best to give back, but I've seen more of Ander Kane like community involvement stories than I've seen of any oiler in the past three months. That is true. And I will, I do like to say that like, since he's been here, there's been literally nothing that I've heard mm -hmm. that's bad. That's happened. I think he's made, made a great effort to do this, and if he continues to do stuff like this, I will believe it to be a lot more, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is because my brain's broken today, but... <laughs> legitimate? Yeah, yeah more yeah. legitimate, yeah. That's fair. It feels less of a PR stunt when it happens more often. Yeah. And when he's not doing something bad, immediately following it up with this and be like, no, guys, I'm good. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm just glad it's not like from his own Twitter account and stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah, where he's just like, hey, hey. guys, it's me, Evander Kane. <laughs> it's like those guys on TikTok who are like, here, I'm going to go pay for this guy's grocery and then post it on their own page. It's like, does it count? Like, does it really matter then? It does not. It'd be like if you're walking around, like, I think sometimes people pay for your coffee in the in line for a drive-thru. It'd be like, I will pay for the next five people's coffee, but you got to make sure to tell them it was so-and-so who bought this for them on this date, and they owe me a tax receipt. No shit. Yeah, it's... <laughs> uh, good deeds can only go so far nowadays, hey? Well, that's the effect of social media, right? Yeah. Speaking of social media and some rumors, look at my segues, man. Yeah, you're you're killing it. I'm fucking... I'm sitting here trying to think of segues, and I'm like, I can't. <laughs> I just can't, man. When you're staring at spreadsheets all fucking day at work, can we stop recording these on like Sundays and Mondays after I'm like drinking on the weekends? <laughs> that's that's my problem. <laughs> Sean's walking in every podcast with brain fog, trying to. That's too funny. Uh, yeah, no, we can do this whenever. Maybe one during. 
Maybe oh, one during. That see, could that's be what fun. We, we need. We just need our, a sponsor to help us out, and we'll supply <laughs> the beer, and we'll drink and talk about the Oilers. It's the dream. Well, we'll see what happens. Like with this new season, maybe we can do some uh, some live recording during games, etc. And I'd love to do so much like on that. the. It's so much on the horizon. You guys should let us know, anybody listening here, let us know if you'd be interested in something like that. Yeah, yeah. We even talked about the possibility of a Discord channel where people can pop on and off, have a quick convo. Yeah. Things like that. Yeah, that's why we're taking that month off, is to come up with these things. Uh, (laughs) uh, Back to my my segue. Uh, There was a couple reports uh, just linking Claude Giroux in talks with the Edmonton Oilers. Sounds just like people are getting interested. Doesn't sound like anything serious is happening. Is there, uh, out of 10, what is your probability that you could see Claude Giroux in an Edmonton Oilers jersey? I would say like a 6 or a 7. Okay. Um, There's been, I was just reading yesterday, um, that there was a lot of teams and players are apparently, after last season, taking Edmonton a little bit more seriously as like a potential contender. Right. Um, I think it's mostly from the performances of McDavid and Drysaddle through the playoffs. They're like, okay, like these guys know how to turn it on in the playoffs. So I think this team has a chance to win. Um, there might be a few no trade clauses taking Edmonton off those uh, lists. Give them a chance if they're interested. Um, but I would love Drew. I actually I love Drew. For uh, a while, I it's funny back in 2010 maybe. Yeah. Um, I had uh, an uncle who was in China and he had access to a bunch of like knockoff jerseys. He's like, what jersey do you want? And for some reason, I, I had a, I was choosing between Giroux Philly or Lucic Boston. Oh. And I still have that Lucic Boston jersey gathering dust in my closet. Oh, boy. I, I was very regretful of that choice. <laughs> but I, I love Giroux and I think he's still a player who can contribute. He has that veteran presence. Mm-hmm. I think... Having a player like him come to this team is kind of exactly what you want, right? You look at teams over the past few years, they have these veterans come in and kind of help mentor the young guys through the playoffs. Even look at Keith coming here last year. I know it was a trade versus a free agent signing, but it's like Joe Thornton going to teams or Marlowe going to teams and things like that. Well, and the question I was going to ask to kind of bounce it off is, do you think he's getting past his prime to a point where you're taking a a valuable spot away from someone who can, you know, really benefit on the upswing as opposed to the downswing. I guess it kind of depends on what kind of contract he's going to get. I would say no. Uh, He's only probably would be signing one year, not like minimum, but like three, four million dollar contract. I didn't look at his stats before this, but I know he hasn't been as good as he has previously proven to be but so i'm just looking at that right now he was still at about uh 0.8 0.9 uh point per game pace when he was playing on a very shitty philly flyers team this year yeah how many of those points were put up with florida he put up 23 points in 18 games so over a point per game um look more like a pavelski contract (laughs) than a joe thornton contract if if florida found a way to put a fucking power play goal in the back of the net I'm sure his stats would be higher than eight in uh, ten games, but maybe that'll be Edmonton's selling point. They'll just like here's our power play percentage. Here's Florida's power play percentage. We are not the same. <laughs> okay, okay. I know we're going down this huge Giroux rabbit hole, but who do you kick off the top line then? Well, I don't think you'd play in the top line, but you'd play in the ah. top six, and yeah. it might be a good backup for if Kane can't sign here. Okay, because I think he would sign for less than that. 
But yeah. I think of our team more of a top nine at this point than a top six. Mm-hmm. Um, so our top nine being McDavid, Hyman, Kane, Drysaddle, Yamamoto, Nugent Hopkins, McLeod, Pugliarvi, which yeah. leaves one spot open. Yeah. Assuming we re-signed everybody. And like currently, mentally, I have penciled in Holloway there. But <laughs> I think having Giroux there with all those young guys on that team, really, I think that would be extremely beneficial to the team. Plus, he's, a, if I remember correctly, he plays center and right wing, which is, right wing is one of the bigger areas of concern on this team. No, I I think that'd be a good fit on the right-hand side. I didn't want to cut you off because you're going on a roll, and I figured I meant top power play unit, but um, that's that's all good. You want to talk power play unit? <laughs> no, you're talking about the selling point being the power play. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was like, who would you kick off the top unit? Oh, you meant top yeah, unit of the power yeah, play. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, I thought all you good. said top line. <laughs> But, yeah, top unit on the power play. I'm not selling him on the power play. That's yeah. just a joke. Because yeah. <laughs> I don't think you're kicking anybody off that power play um, with Hyman out front. And maybe you consider moving Nuge to the second unit. So we have, like, because Giroux's the right-hand shot, you'd have him on that left wall. And then it makes our uh, second unit a little bit more formidable outside of just rush chances from McLeod skating. Yeah. I... So welcome Claude Drew to the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, you're uh, you're sold on our team, right? <laughs> you're listening to this. Please, Claude, reach out to me. Uh, we'll see what happens. But we have one big uh, event to jump to before we get into any of the signings. Uh, it's I actually I low key love round one um, of the draft more than I like free agency because the first like hour is electric because you never know what's going to happen. You could have um, who is it? The the Bruins spoil three p- picks in a row. You could have the Oilers trading their, you know, Matthew Barzell and uh, what what the fuck else did they trade Anthony, for Reinhardt? Beauvillier. Jesus Christ. Um, so I I just find there's so much like flip flopping in the first round. But the uh, the Edmonton Oilers uh, head into the draft this Thursday with a 29th overall pick in round one. Um, first question for you is, do you think that pick gets moved? If I were to put my money on it, I would say yes. Mm-hmm. And my preference would also be yes, because I don't think any player they're drafting in this position is going to make an impact in the next four years, which is the timeline that I'm looking at. Um, and with that being said, it's kind of a shot in the dark with these depth picks in the later first round. So... I don't know. I think any player we're picking doesn't make the NHL or an impact in for like five years. So it's yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting situation because the Oilers, whatever they're gonna, they're not gonna flip their first round pick for anything of substantial value. Well, it's, not in a one for one trade, but it's a good add with something to get a good player. Yeah, the the only thing, and we've seen it a couple times before, is I don't want them to see. Like, trade a 29th pick for, you know, uh, another second and a third or something oh, you like wanna that. Oh, tra- you don't want to trade down in the draft? I, I, don't, I don't love... Like, the Oilers have depth. They have guys on their roster. Um, just looking at, at the, the first round, like, where they're sitting, um, to your point, I don't think there's anybody that's going to add any immediate value. And any of the people that are falling based off of the... Uh, um, the draft rankings that came out with TSN, like you're looking at like a Connor geeky range type player, another center 
that I, has to fit behind how many other loaded centers on their team? I just want the guy listed here because his name is great, and that is Rutger McGrodery. <laughs> how do you pronounce that? I have no idea. It's such a ridiculous name, but his first name is Rutger, so I want him. Yeah, <laughs> we we'll we'll take Rutger. Um, uh, yeah, so I, I I don't know what the Oilers end up doing. Um, I have a sneaky subspi- subspicion, suspicion, subscription. <laughs> See, I was on a roll and now it's gone. Um, Sneaking suspicion of what? <laughs> I think the first round pick is going to um, get used and I think I'm going to be let down about it. Um, I mean, if they don't, if they don't trade it, I, that's will be disappointing to me. Well, I agree. I just find that the Oilers are so good and I don't know if it's just because of the the way things get leaked out on social media or whatever, it just feels like for the past umpteenth amount of years, the Oilers get backed into a fucking corner to the point where they need to make a trade and they're overpaying the farm for it. Like, Well, they to a degree, they've done that to themselves this year. Yeah. They're like, we need to make a change to our defense and our goaltending. And they're like, but what do we do? And everybody knows it. So if you're asking for a Connor Hellebuck... Jets are going to ask for the farm from you. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I would say that, honestly, out of 10, I would say that they're going to pick probably... There's a 70% chance I think that pick gets used. But I hope it's not. I, I hope they they put a little gamble into their uh, their uh, philosophy here. Well, I know that Ken Holland's been preaching like the slow roll for a while. Yeah. But I think we're finally at the point where we can probably trade our first round picks, like our yeah. our past few year first rounders and our depth like picks from the second, third, fourth round, et cetera. Like those players are ready to start making an impact on the team. And like I said, anything we draft now, unless like I feel like if you're making this pick, you're expecting Edmonton to not be effective the next few years, and you're like setting yourself to be like, okay, hey, we're rebuilding already. Yeah. And I'm just like, it just feels like it's sending the wrong message to the team. I'm, I'm with you there wholeheartedly. So we'll see what happens. We've got a couple days, um, and then it's just going to be haywire for about a week and a half. But uh, just a couple things before we wrap up here. I don't know if it's an official announcement. I know Tom Gazzola mentioned it a couple months ago, but uh, the Oilers a couple hours ago just tweeted a picture of Nuge in the Royal Blues with uh, the kind of the eyes the eyes emoji so i don't know are they back are they back full time i would be maybe not full time i like mixing up the jerseys that's fun do you honestly um, like those orange jerseys like which, the current ones the, the current, current horn jerseys i don't hate them like i think they're a little bit too neon sometimes but mm-hmm. i think there's certainly room to work with like things that they could look at to alter the jerseys a bit yeah but at the same time, I'm, I understand why we got away from this blue, right? Because this blue has almost become synonymous with the decade of darkness to some people. <laughs> where you see those jerseys, you picture Taylor Hall in that jersey, you picture Everlay in that jersey, and it just gives you PTSD. And like to a, a lot of people, they're like thinking '80s and stuff like that. So they say the blue or see the blue, and they're nostalgic about it. But for me, it's a little frightening sometimes. I'd be even just down with the Condors setup that they have. I like the Condors jerseys. Yeah, they're that, pretty deadly. 
but I I just I cannot stand the orange jerseys, um, their home jerseys, and it's for one like very very like minutia, like so petty. But the fact that they have two white stripes instead of two blue and one white in the middle just drives me fucking bananas. I don't know what it is. I mean, that's fair. There's been a few times that I think their jerseys look a little weird. Even their jerseys they've been wearing in the playoffs, where they just have the single orange stripe on the bottom. I think immediately when they released that, I was like, that looks fucking horrible. And the thing I hate about it most, and this is, I guess, more from a marketing perspective, Mm -hmm. is those jerseys look terrible if you're not wearing the full equipment. Oh, yeah. If you're just wearing, like, jeans with a jersey at a hockey game, it looks like you're wearing a pajama shirt. <laughs> like, I don't think it looks like a hockey jersey when it's like that. I saw when the Oilers went to go take uh, pictures at the start of the year, people were freaking out. I don't know if you saw this floating on Twitter, but um, when they were taking their profile pictures, they took them in... They took a bunch of them, obviously, but... Uh, they took them in their navy blues, but one of the reporters got a picture from far away. I think it was Poliarvi, and he had the orange home socks on with the <laughs> the you know the duo colored freaking the binary colored uh, alternates. Like, yeah. oh, it was it was not a good look. But it doesn't sound good. I don't know. What's your favorite Oilers jersey of all time? I'm very nostalgic for the oil drop. Yeah, the like metal oil drop. Just because those were like the the hype years for me when I was really, really, really getting into hockey at the time. Yeah. Um, and I have, I think I have a jersey in my closet with that logo on it. But honestly, I think I, everybody our age has one. Yeah, it's hard not to. Like, it may be a small from when I was 12, so it doesn't exactly fit me anymore. <laughs> but it's still in there. I'm not throwing it away. <sighs> I love those jerseys. I hope they come back. See, um, that's a good reverse retro jersey. Like, yeah. I, that's a, like I kind of I didn't mind their jerseys the reverse retros the past couple of years where they almost look Empton looks like a popsicle skating around out there, <laughs> but like I'm down to bring back other jerseys too because I don't think they look bad. I don't understand why people are afraid of them. It's like the the Ducks being afraid of the Mighty Ducks logo for no good reason. Yeah, uh, that one drives me nuts, and I wonder if it has something to do with. Uh... The Hollywood aspect of things, but the Disney, still, where Disney's yeah. like hovering over their shoulder with that. One of the best logos in hockey history, and they still never use it. But oh, I saw a really cool thing. I just want to shout out this person on Reddit. Um, they posted Is it the Kachina stuff. Yeah, the Kachina stuff. They posted oh like all every team in the NHL made and designed like the Arizona Kachina jersey, but with like their mascots or whatever. And all of them look fantastic. The Oilers one was great too. It was so fun to even go through and read the reason that he picked like the people or the you know the logo for things that they did. Um, I was laughing my ass off because he said uh, he was gonna go with Blasty with Calgary, but he said he fucking hates it, so he just like moved on. <laughs> I was like that's brilliant. <laughs> but uh, no, that great great point. I love that. Um, I'm when it comes to jerseys and logos and stuff, man. That's that's one of my favorite things about hockey is just the, I don't, I don't know, the creativity of it all. So with all that, how does that make you feel about jersey ads? Jersey ads. See, I don't like those. I was so happy that the Oilers were one of the very few teams in the league to not have a helmet ad even this year. Um, I thought they had Rogers on their helmet. They didn't. They didn't. Was I just seeing things? Maybe. And maybe it was for select jerseys then. I don't know. But the other cool thing that I, I loved is looking at uh, 
if you look at the Oilers helmets that they're wearing for their alternate jerseys, like the logo is in a sticker. It kind of protrudes off the helmet. Oh, a I've seen bit. that. Trust me. I was trying to make thumbnails for the YouTube videos and I'm trying to like cut around <laughs> that weird 3d logo. And I was like, why have I never noticed these before? Oh, it's so cool. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Are they full in effect this year? Uh, I don't believe so. Maybe like shoulder patches, but I don't know. I'm personally, I'd prefer we don't look like the like uh, Swedish Elite League jerseys where yeah. I don't even know what the team is because there's so many ads. I'm like, I didn't know Tim Hortons had a team. Like, we're not <laughs> fucking NASCAR car. It uh, it'd be cool to uh, see them just limit it um, to yeah, like a shoulder, or even just like the alternate side of the like where you keep the captaincy. I don't know. Well, it needs to be like, yes, the alternate side of the captaincy, a small shoulder patch, maybe like, you know, the size patch where it says like large, extra large or whatever in that bottom left corner. Maybe you have a little ad on the bottom right corner, Mm -hmm. maybe the bottom of the jersey on the back or something like that, just a small little logo there. Like there cannot be anything that's large enough that takes away from the actual logo of the jersey. And I'm only saying this because... I think they're stupid and there should be none. But with that being said, there will be some. So I'm trying to think of ways that will make it more bearable. Uh, the other side of the pant well, I guess you're cutting off then the pant logo. I, I Yeah, I don't know. It, those things can't fucking add anything to a, um, a company in terms of revenue, hey? Well, it's the company itself. It's not like I see uh, TikTok on the Leafs helmets. I'm like, oh, man, I want to go on TikTok. Yeah. It's... The league gets money out of it. I don't really understand how marketing works and whole sponsorships and everything. Like it's it's pretty rare when I see an ad like on a on the boards even say for example on the ice. I'm like, damn, I could really like call Telus right now and upgrade my internet. Well, even when like I remember growing up and getting the the hockey news or whatever one of those like year in review books or something. You pull it out and you'd go and look, and all of the helmet ads are like blurred out, so like you can't see logos and stuff. It's like. It's it's done a full 180, and uh, I don't know. Who knows? I could go on Jersey Talk for days and days, man. Um, finally, just our last uh, last point that you wanted to, to chat about. Speaking of these old jerseys, <laughs> um, Craig McTavish has signed as an assistant coach with the St. Louis Blues. So the, we're not going to be seeing any of him during intermissions this year. See, I thought that Sportsnet had a pretty below-average panel. This entire year, the the bright spots being, obviously, I, I love Kevin BX. I love the banter he brings with Elliot, but the rest has been kind of less than stellar. Um, but the one thing I genuinely love tuning into is hearing McTavish in the few games that he had in the intermission. Uh, I thought he added a lot of insight. He's, he's low-key really, really funny. Um, and I just don't know. I thought he had a longer career in him for that, but yeah, I mean, well, who's who's to say that he wouldn't just jump right back into it? Maybe <laughs> he's getting a little bit more money from the Blues, but I will say, like, I know he had a rough tenure as GM here in that short amount where he, I think, he was the one who traded Jeff Petrie away, so he kind of lost a little <laughs> bit of respect for me on that one. But with that being said, he was a great coach for us. He's Absolutely, all, one of the all-time greats for coaches on this team. So. I think he brings a lot to a team, and I wish him luck in St. Louis. I I also feel like the Oilers owe him a lot because I remember watching the interview right before they are about to draft Connor McDavid, and he got the shoes like pulled underneath of him, and <laughs> Peter Shirelli just got to walk in with like brand-new keys to the Lambo, and 
Like, that's got to be the worst feeling in the world. Yeah. But it's funny how Shirelli gets handed keys to the Lambo and then crashes it one block down the road. <laughs> Just sitting there scratching his head while it's on fire. You know that plane video where, like, the plane takes off and does, like, a couple loops and it just goes straight down? Yeah, that's... Yeah. That's uh, Peter Shirelli teams. But, yeah. I mean, he's got one cup. Just Anyway, I digress. <laughs> That'll do it. We don't want to talk forever. Otherwise, we won't have shit to talk about for a week. But NHL entry draft coming up this Thursday, this Friday. Lots to talk about. Let's see if we have some, uh, some new additions to chat about uh, next week. 